Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. One of the things I never quite got a grasp on is seasons. I mean, I grew up in Hawaii and we basically had hot and not quite as hot. I bring this up because technically we're still in spring right now, so I guess this could be a spring cleaning episode. Officially, summer doesn't start until the solstice on June 20th, so I made it in by like a week if you're listening to this when it comes out. Regardless of spring cleaning or not, cleaning can be a great way to signal the start of something new. We all get used to the mess in our space, and freshening things up can not only signal the start of something new, but also help shift our mindset. Today, we'll be exploring the benefits of cleaning, how we can update our space, some tips on accountability, and then get into a few of the specific things that we can do to help clean our space up. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash freshstartcleaning. All right, keep on listening to find out the cleanest way to get your fresh start. One of the early decisions you can think about is if you want to keep the same setup you've got right now. I recently got a new desk for my office after I accidentally broke my old desk. Instead of just moving the desk into the same position, I took the opportunity to rearrange the space. While this did take a bit of work to get things set up again in a way that is functional, it has been a great adjustment. Our ADHD brains are always seeking novelty, and moving stuff around can be a fairly easy way to create that novelty. It also has the added benefit of forcing some preemptive decluttering. As I said, I broke my old desk and I had to clear everything off of it, and this meant that when I was setting up my new space, I had the option of choosing what was going to go back on my desk. As crap builds up in our space, some of it carves out its own new home, and suddenly my distraction-free desk setup has pictures and books and pen cups and sticky notes all over it. Sure, some of these things are good to have on my desk, but others are just going to distract me. By changing how I had my setup, it was easy for me to ask the question, should this really go here? For a lot of things, the answer was no. It doesn't need to be on my desk, so I just needed to find a new place for it to live. Of course, you don't need to completely rearrange your space to use this idea. Instead of using the question, should this go here? You can instead start with, if I was setting this up for the first time, would I put this here? I've done this for some of the weird stuff that just started living in my car at some point. And this is an important step, because it often feels like, well, yeah, I'm going to put this here, because that's where I picked it up from. But unless it is actually useful for you to have in that space, maybe it needs to find a new place to live. And really, this is just the first step in decrapifying our space. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about decrapification. We don't need to kid ourselves. We both know that a lot of our space has just been taken over by crap that we don't want or need. Now, I'm not talking about trying to go minimalist here or anything like that. What I'm talking about instead is making more space for the stuff that actually matters. I know entirely how easy it is for us to just hang on to stuff that we might need someday. We don't need all this stuff, but unless we make a concentrated effort to get rid of it, it's just going to keep growing. And let me tell you, getting rid of stuff actually feels pretty good. Sure, people talk about retail therapy as a way to boost their mood, but decluttering is therapy in its own right too. We recently had a neighborhood garage sale, and it was fantastic to get rid of a lot of that stuff. When I let go of some of those things, it lifted mental burdens that I didn't even realize I was carrying. 
Suddenly, I didn't have to worry about when I was going to fix that old bike. Instead, some guy handed me some cash and tossed it in the back of his truck. Just like that, something that had existed at the back of my to-do list was gone. Decluttering can also benefit us with better focus. When we have less stuff, it's easier for us to find the things that we're looking for, and there are fewer things out there to distract us. This can also help reduce anxiety and give us more confidence. Having a clean space is a great feeling, but it is much harder to maintain when we've just got too much stuff. Now, we want to start out small. We shouldn't try and declutter or rearrange our entire house in one afternoon. Maybe start with a drawer, a closet, or or at least just one room. Sure, our motivation at the beginning says we'll just work our way straight through with everything, but that motivation will wane, and we don't want to end up halfway through the project and then just end up living in a half-rearranged house. What can help here is some good old-fashioned accountability. Or perhaps not some old-fashioned accountability. A great way for us to get things done is through body doubling, and this is where you have someone who works alongside you doing their own work. I do this fairly frequently while working on episodes for this show. It helped me keep on track of what I should be doing instead of, say, scrolling through Reddit for memes. Now, we may not be ready to have someone else in our house to do this body doubling for us, but we can still use this technique through the magic of the internet. I often use the ADHD rewired adult study hall for this but you could as easily do this with a friend over Zoom or FaceTime. The point is just having someone there that's going to help you keep your word of what you were going to do. Accountability isn't the other person making you do the thing. I mean, think about it. That person's on the other end of a Zoom call. They can't make you do anything. But it's a lot harder to rationalize something to someone else. Sure, it might be easy for me to argue in my head that I don't really have to finish this project today, When I just told someone that was my intention, I'm going to have to work a lot harder to find a good rationalization to procrastinate. Accountability lays bare our intentions and keeps us on track with them. And this accountability can extend beyond just your single day of cleaning. You can find a partner to go through your whole house with. Maybe you do an hour a day. Maybe you do 15 minutes. Maybe you do a room. And again, this is an important step here. We know that we're not going to be able to do everything in a single day. So make a plan with someone and create that accountability that is going to help you follow through with what you want to do. Because again, accountability is about what you want. You are taking ownership of what you want to do and then just doing the dang thing. Another piece here that's going to really help the process is writing out some sort of plan on where you want to declutter and what done is going to look like. This is a step that I'm always inclined to skip because I just want to cut to doing. Then I'll get through it faster, right? Well, as I mentioned earlier, this probably isn't going to be a single-day activity. Sure, you might get through a whole room or maybe a closet, but then you're going to have to come back at another time to keep going. Here's the issue. We think we're going to remember where we stopped and what our next step was supposed to be, but, well, we know how well that works in reality. I recently fell into this trap while sorting through my paper monster. I was actually getting a lot of progress done on this project, but I needed a good amount of space, so I was doing my sorting on the dining room table. Come to the end of the day, I need to put away those piles so that we can eat. No worries, I tell myself. I'll just pull everything back out tomorrow and get back at it. Lo and behold, on the next day, I actually have no clue about what my plans were or how I should really get these papers back out. And so I just didn't. And now, three weeks later, I have boxes of paper next to my table that I still have to sort. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to jump back into this project sooner or later, and I'm probably going to have to redo some of the sorting I did earlier because I don't remember the system I was trying to use. So before I start next time, it means I need to write out that plan. 
And you can do the same and save yourself that headache when you create your own simple plan of what you're going to do and how you're doing it. Bonus points for leaving yourself a note when you're done for the day so you know where you can start back up tomorrow. Which is also important if, say, you miss a couple of days because life happened. You might remember what you need to do tomorrow, but what if something comes up and you have to get back to it next week instead? I know I hate taking the time for proper cleanup, but it's incredibly worth it. I also mentioned that we want to include what done looks like in our plan. This may seem unnecessary because, well, I'll know what done looks like when I see it. But will you? Done can be a bit elusive if we haven't taken the time to define it. Having done defined also gives you a target to aim for and can help reduce scope creep so that you're focusing on what you really need to focus on. Alright, let's get into some specifics of our Decrapify so we can start building that plan. Our first step is going to be just getting rid of trash. Even as I write this, my brain goes, okay, but how much just straight-up trash is there to deal with? And then I glance at my desk and, oh, receipts, a bag, an old disposable mask, an old coffee cup, a bunch of sticky notes for things that are no longer relevant. Yeah, there's going to be trash. Beyond that, we also just have stuff that may not be trash, per se, but also isn't something that you want to keep either. Think old birthday cards, promotional items, broken things, especially if they can't be fixed. Anything you've got sitting around that you don't want but also couldn't give away. In this first pass, things shouldn't be too difficult. We're talking trash here. This is stuff we don't want. If there is a question about it, just skip it. You can get back to it later. With that step done now, we can focus a little tighter on how we want to approach our cleaning. There are a number of schools of thought, but basically it boils down to doing things by category or by room. If you're going to go by category, we might have things like books, clothing, gadgets, hobby-specific stuff, and, of course, paper. Personally, I don't find any specific benefits to doing one method over the other, and I tend to do mine in kind of a hybrid approach, where I focus on categories within the context of a specific room. This keeps me from doing too much wandering from place to place while I'm trying to clean, which can be another form of procrastination. This is also a great opportunity to start hitting some of those places that you don't clean that often, such as the refrigerator. I know doing a deep clean of the fridge doesn't sound like that much fun, because, well, it isn't. But we've all got things in our icebox that we don't really need there. There have been plenty of aspirational food choices that I made at the grocery store that never panned out, and now they're usually sitting in my freezer or pantry and just taking up space. We don't need to wait until these items are five years past their expiration date to throw them out. Oh, but you say that's wasteful? Well, if you're going to use it, set a date and use it. If you're not willing to find a time to use it by, though, just get rid of it. We can then move into the kitchen and start clearing out some of those gadgets that we got for Christmas but never used. The kitchen is a great place to focus at least a little time on decluttering because it's one of those places that we're absolutely going to be using. And one place in particular that we have a lot of clutter creep is our counters. The first step here is just clearing out those things that don't need to be there. We have this propensity to just set things down and let them live there, but that leads us to having things where they don't really belong. Find new homes for those things. Once we have space, we can decide what truly needs to live on the counters and what doesn't. Now, this can be a little tricky with ADHD because for certain things, out of sight absolutely means out of mind. If putting away the blender is going to keep you from making those smoothies that have been helping with your lunches, then by all means, keep that blender on the counter. We can apply a lot of these same ideas to places around our house too. Find the stuff that just got put down and give it a real home. An easy way to think of this is try to imagine where you'd look for the thing if you needed to find it. For example, I remember coming by my passport while cleaning. 
This is something important and should have its own home. But if I want to find it again, it needs to be in a place where I would look for it. Is that with some important documents? Is that in a drawer? Is that in a drawer by the front door? Wherever you think you'd look for it, put that there because that will make finding it that much easier. You could even create a note of where those important items are so that you don't have to search for them. I know there have been plenty of times where I haven't been able to find my passport when I needed it, and and that's super inconvenient. And to reiterate the point here, we're not trying to do this all at once. I know it's tempting to try and make big changes, but we can often make more progress with the little things we do. The biggest key is to create some kind of accountability to keep you going even when you don't want to. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, you can help spur your fresh start by rearranging your space. This doesn't have to be a big move, but sprucing up your environment can help it feel new and like you're starting fresh. Two, getting rid of our old stuff can help lift mental burdens and take care of old open loops. Our accumulation of stuff often carries more mental weight than we really know. Three, To help keep on track during cleaning, make sure you create some accountability. It can be a great way to help you follow through with your planning, and it can also be great in the moment through body doubling. 4. Leave yourself notes as to where you left off in your cleaning, so that when you come back you can pick it back up without having to try and figure out what you were doing. While it may seem like you wouldn't forget, it's easy to lose track of where we were in our plans. For this episode's show notes, you can go to hackingyouradhd.com slash freshstartcleaning. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD, or you can connect with me over at HackingYourADHD.com slash contact. I'd also like to encourage you to go check out the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, go check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. If you're interested in exploring issues of diversity in ADHD, then be sure to check out ADHD Diversified with MJ. I also do a live Q&A with all the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. How do you make a waterbed more bouncy? By adding spring water. <laughs>